Hello, and welcome to another episode of Retrospection. In this show, we're sort of driving back to our roots, as in episode one, we did the American series Knight Rider, and now we're taking a look at the later one-off TV movie, Knight Rider 2000 from 1991. My name's Colin, and you look like crap. There were a few lines in this I wondered which we're going to go for, but... And my name's Paul, and probe insertion completed. Oh, I, I, that sounds right for you. I've got another one. Well, choose one from the TV show this time, not the last time you visited your doctor. And my name's Paul, and forget my body. Where's my random access? <laughs> you like that That's one? A, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can see in your face, you, you love it. Horrified. Yeah, that's the look. Yeah, I've seen that look before. Have you? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. And your wife? IMDB says in the future, guns are banned and criminals are frozen for the duration of their sentences. A recent spate of killings involving handguns brings Michael Knight back to fight for justice, but he insists on the help of Kit, his artificially intelligent car from decades ago. The only problem is that Kit has been deactivated. I've got one question for you. Just one? I've got a few as we're going to go on, but I've got one question for you at the moment. Yeah. Was this before or after Demolition Man? This was before Demolition Man. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, also interesting that the Knight, well, the Kit, what's it called? Kift 4000 mm -hmm. or something? Mm -hmm. Kit 4000 actually appears in Demolition Man. It's parked outside the Taco Bell, apparently. Yeah, I read that. It also appears in a couple of other things as well, doesn't it? Okay, if you read that, Paul, how come you didn't know whether Demolition Man came out before Knight Rider or after? No, I didn't. I didn't read that bit. Oh, but but how how would the care appear in in Demolition Man if Demolition Man was made first? That is true. I didn't think that through, did I? No. I genuinely didn't know which one came first though, when I asked the question. That's all right. Uh, yeah, it, it's a Dodge Stealth, and it was also used in um, Chips Ninety Nine, whatever that is. That's TV movie. Okay. But, uh, that's, I'm sure we'll cover it at some point. Actually, we will, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> and Power Rangers Time Force. Yeah, I'm not. A, I have no knowledge of of uh, Power Rangers whatsoever. Me neither. I know there's a pink one and a red one. And that's Isn't it. that Teletubbies? It might be. I might be confusing them actually. Is that what they, they're like about to kick each other and they go, hey, oh ha? <laughs> Could you imagine if the Teletubbies all joined together as one big Teletubby? Yeah. By the power of Teletubby. Where would they connect? Those those little aerial things on the head, right? Yeah, but what would they go into on each of them? Well, I would imagine they'd interconnect in a circle. Oh, is that what you're going for? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, back to Knight Rider 2000, which stars... Do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> well, apparently. David Hasselhoff as Michael Knight, Edward Mulher as Devon Miles... Susan Norman as Officer Sean McCormick, Carmen Agaziano as Russell Maddock, Eugene Clark as Officer Kurt Miller, Megan Butler as Officer Marla Hedges, Mitch Pelleggi as Thomas J. Watts, mm -hmm. and Christine Healy as Commissioner Ruth Daniels, Lou Betty Jr. as Mer Harold Abbey, and Francis Guinan as Dr. Jeffrey Glassman. I mean, there's a couple of people in here this, that um, would go on to, to fame in lots of other things. Um, Carmen Genziano was in Stargate, got quite well known in Stargate. And mm -hmm. Mitch Pelleggi played Skinner in The X-Files. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
He's also, um, his other claim to fame was that he was stalked by my wife once as well. Is that, who's that a claim to fame for? That's not a claim to fame for him. <laughs> is it? <laughs> claim to fame for my wife then. Yeah. yeah, she stalked him for a while. Oh, that's nice. You sure you should be legally mentioning that? Probably not, no. no. When I say stalked, I think she, she just used to, she, she was enamoured with him. Oh, you don't mean she was outside his house? No, but she did go and see him a couple of times, I think. She's got a, there's a picture of him somewhere in the house up on the wall, I think, with her holding him. Does he look distressed? (laughs) I'm glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like in a supermarket somewhere. No, I think it was a card, and I think it was a card or a book signing or something. Clutching, oh, 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 okay. Clutching some frozen peas. She's she the picture's got the picture you can't see it because she's like grabbing his leg and she's on the floor and he's dragging her as he's trying to escape. It reminds me of the time that I uh, scared the hell out of Elizabeth Sladen, but but we'll leave that one there. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into Let's that. Let's do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because Hasselhoff was already in Baywatch, he couldn't do a full series of this. So they were going to do like four movies of the week. And then NBC said, nah, we're just going to do one. But Universal were like, well, we can't make money out of one movie. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of was the end of that, really. Yeah, I mean, the ratings for this were quite good, apparently, weren't they? Apparently. Don't know who that's according to. Can't find citations for that. <laughs> I wonder whether if they were good, it might have been that people tuned in just because it was it was the first time Night Rider was going to be on TV yeah. for a few years. You know. Yeah. I, I can see why it didn't get picked up as a series. Well, didn't, didn't they? They also like tested Susan Norman as like saying like this is going to be the lead actor of the new series, and she didn't test very well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder why. I mean, although I guess we're about to find out. So, why yeah. <laughs> are we ever? <laughs> um, the theme music. What about that? Um. Well, I listened to it outside of the show, and it, to me, it's like a piece of music that you'd have playing while you're doing, like, Buster Move. You know, the puzzle game music that you'd have in the background? Yes, yeah. It's not horrible. Yeah. No. But it's not really suiting the show. Did you see who the composer is? Oh, yeah, 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 Dick Dastardly. No, Dick it's not. It's Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer, yeah. Apparently, it's re- it was this was released on his '94 album entitled "Drive." Yes, yeah. So it was released a few years after this came out. Yeah, I mean, he was hoping people had forgotten its association with this. Yeah, hmm. I don't dislike it. It's I just, just don't f- find it. It's it's you, if you walked into an elevator and it was playing, you wouldn't be surprised. It's just dull. I think. Mm. And yeah. the incidental music as well is even duller. In fact, it's not. It's not duller. It, it is elevator music. Yeah. And it's it's completely misused in the wrong places as well. But we'll 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 talk about it. There's oh, a particular right. point at the end of the movie where it's really noticeable, and it sucks all the right. energy out of the scene. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So we open with that Jan Hammer score that Paul loves so much. 
and the text Knight Rider 2000 soars across the screen. And then we get a shot of a nameless city skyline, followed by an establishing shot of Quainton State Prison. Yeah, what the hell is going on with these, this opening credit? I mean, you, you, if you were tuning into this, you'd want the Knight Rider theme to start off with, wouldn't you? Yeah, or a version of. But what's with the terrible video effects as well? I mean, I was worried already. And then we were yeah, five seconds know. into this, I was worried. And then it's a shot of a skyline of a city you can't recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this whole episode is filmed in Texas. Oh, is it Texas? Is it? I wonder whether it was Vancouver, but obviously you looked it up and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. it's Texas. Oh, okay. Inside, we find it to be a massive building, futuristic. You say massive, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice matte painting. Is it a nice matte painting? It's, well, it's not, is it? It's a matte painting. Leave it It's there. a matte painting. That's, that's the best you can say of it. Yeah. So a guy uses a security card to open a door and he's with a scientist wearing a white lab coat. They open what looks like a cryogenic chamber. The cat, the guard, keys in a number, inserts his card into what looks like a repurposed cash machine. I think that's what it is. It is a cash machine, right? It's a cash yeah. machine, yeah. The screen says, Prisoner, Watts, Thomas J. The opaque chamber clears and Watts wakes up. You know, it always amuses me how wrong movies and TV get the future. I mean, especially as this is only like nine years before when it's set that well, this, this is made. This, this episode doesn't even get the future wrong. It gets the present wrong too. <laughs> All right. We cut to a police station. An old lady is complaining about her rights. A male prisoner is being led away when he makes a break for it. He knocks down the two guards. Suddenly, a lady runs up and she jumps on his back. She's a rookie cop called McCormick. She's knocked down. Eventually, a bunch of other cops finally turn up and grab the guy. One cop, called Miller, helps McCormick up by complaining that he'll probably get hit for brutality complaints, even though that guy's a cop killer. It's got a bit of a Robocop feel to it, this, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what, what's going on with all the shaky cam during the fight? That's to enhance the excitement, Paul, didn't it? Not enhance yours? <laughs> Not really, no. Just no. made me sick. But they, they, they don't do it again. They just do it in this one scene. They don't well, use it again. In fairness, how many action scenes are there in this episode? That is true. There's one other action scene and they don't bother. I yeah. think they've probably forgotten by that point, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Later in the locker room, one of the other cops, Hedges, she reveals that they've got the cush detail. They're babysitting the Met. Why, why did Miller and McCormick not know that's what they'll be doing? Why did you get your assignments just by it being passed on by your, your colleague? Is, is there no, like, briefing? Uh -huh. What was if they you didn't go to the locker the, room? They don't do that in the future. They they don't, don't, they don't, no. no briefings in the future. the future. We're in ah, the future. okay. Yeah. Got it, got it. Hedges makes fun of McCormick and her rookie status, but McCormick just laughs it off. Hedges tells her, look, you've got a good partner. Just don't blow it out there and you'll be fine. It's a great pep talk, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing like pressure on your first day, is there? No. Well, it's not a first day. Well, you know what I mean. I was going to say, I hope, I hope it's not a first day, considering what happens later. <laughs> it might well be. We cut to the MERS event in a restaurant at the top of a tower. Hedges and her... Partner uh, raiding the buffet. Miller has a headache. McCormick says she has some anti-inflammatory down in the unit. Who talks like this? <laughs> There's a lot of times in this episode where people use terms that you're like, really? 
it, no it's, one says things like that. It's the way people speak in the future, Colin. Is this going to be your answer to everything? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's the writer's answer to everything, isn't it? Mm. All right. This is going to get old fast. <laughs> bit like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but Miller goes for that other well-known headache suppressant, chicken wings. Always works for me. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't a, a little callback to Hunter there. No, no, no. Is it just me or, or already this episode moves at a snail's pace? Like, it, it doesn't cut where you think it should cut. There's just like shots of people stirring at the camera or stirring off camera. Do you think that the page count on this script was probably at least 15, 20 pages too short? So they had time to fill? Yeah, so they're like... Push, push buttons on the elevator. Let's see you push the buttons on the <laughs> elevator. Let's see you wait for the elevator. <laughs> keep it rolling. Keep just that a little yeah, bit yeah, more than we need to. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep it longer. Down in the car park, the prisoner we saw in the cryo chamber is now out and about. He's loading a gun in the car park. McCormick makes her way downstairs. Watts puts on a ski mask and enters the buffet. He opens fire shooting cops. He kills the mur and then takes somebody as a hostage. Threatening to shoot him if they don't drop their weapons. It's a bit violent, this. I mean, where's the single mums being hassled by the evil landowners? What's, what's going on? This is supposed to be Knight Rider. <laughs> right. Where's, where's the uh, rustling? Yeah. You know, the, the farm. Yeah. Car, cattle is being rustled. <laughs> or, or the water people who are having the, the supply diverted by the evil corporation. <laughs> you know, where's that? That's right. Oh, well, and I've, does... got to, I've got to point out as well, what's he wearing? <laughs> what's? What's he wearing? What's what's he wearing? What's he wearing? What, what is what's wearing? A black turtleneck. Oh, and you don't remember our previous conversation? Oh, I don't remember any of our conversations. If there's anything like, I like. That's true. No, you don't have to. I've remembered. You like a black turtleneck. That is that is correct. And as soon as I saw it, I thought. Ah, I like this. This is my this is my kind my kind of uh, accoutrement. Yeah. Oh, nice word. I know. Well, that feeling will end quickly. <laughs> Miller wants to take a shot, but Hedges reminds him of the rules: put down your ultrasound. Ultrasound? Is he planning to check if the most pregnant? <laughs> Don't you just hate when writers they come up with something that they think is futuristic, but clearly didn't do any research into it whatsoever. Yeah, do you do you think they came up with that name and didn't actually realise that it was already a thing? I don't know if they'd... Well, not so much... Not a thing, but a thing that couldn't possibly hurt anybody. Mm. You know. Mm. So, I, yeah. It bugged me. As the comic gets the pills from her car, she hears a report about the incident back in the restaurant... She runs back as she gets the Watts is leaving with his hostage, McCormick, opens fire with her ultrasound, hitting the hostage. She seems to hit Watts, but he just gets up. <laughs> Did you see the way he flailed through the air when she shot him, though, in a very sort of Frank Spencer yeah. kind of way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it didn't do any damage, did it? Not really, he just got straight back up and ran off. I know. McCormick gives chase, but loses him. She goes back and finds Watts' discarded gun. There's a, another lingering shot of her thinking about something. Is she thinking about something? It's hard to tell, really, isn't it? Probably a dinner. 
Mm-hmm. If you can work that one out, I mean, there's not a lot going on there, is there? No. So we cut to a shot of a fake explosion and an ugly red car pulling up. It turns out this is playing on the screen in a conference room. Devon Miles is watching. The man next to him, Maddock, says, well, I don't know about all of you, but it impresses the hell out of me. Which bit? The, the fake explosion or the red car just driving along? Well, what are they supposed to be? It's, they, they call it a simulation, don't they? Of what exactly? Of, of uh, the red car driving around. But it's not a simulation. It's actual footage of a red car driving around with a with an explosion superimposed over the top of it. Oh, yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll get more misuse of words later. But, but are they saying this is what it would look like if it blew up? And why would you do yeah, that? This is. <laughs> I don't. This is this is what it looked like if it worked. <laughs> it is. It's not I just mean, me, oh. is it? It is an ugly car, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's not interesting or anything. No. Also, why bright red? Yeah, yeah. Just makes it shows up the the ugliness even more. It's got some awful curves on it, hasn't it? That just yeah don't work yeah, at all. It's a terrible looking car. Again, this is another reason why. And I think we're already giving away. I think we're already giving away how we feel about this. But not me. Why? Why play my cards close? Oh, are you really? Yeah. If this is how you play poker. Could... Then I should clean up next time. Oh, could be a shama lama lama lama. Twist, twist, twist. Tw- oh, yeah. All right, okay. I have to look out for when the when the, when the tu- when the luring you in, Paul. Yeah, yeah. But um, why? Why? If you're going to do Night Ride, I'm going to bring it back. Who made the decision to not have the Trans Am in it? I don't. This is one of those things they do, isn't it? Where you you take something and then you have to change it for the sake of changing it. They think. But it's the most recognisable part of Night Rider is the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do they think it's David Hasselhoff? What, that David Hasselhoff is the most yeah. important thing of Night Rider? But as long as we've got him in it, it doesn't matter if we change the car. That's possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. am I right in thinking, it's not like there'd been like 10 years or whatever. It wasn't like a long time, was it? Between the show ending and this being made, was it? Did you not do any research about when the original series finished? I knew well? you'd know. So I thought... Well, that character. It's dates, Paul. I can't remember dates. You're going to have to play some music now. Sing a song or something. You want me to sing? While I you look want me it to sing? up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could just ask Alexa. Oh, don't ask Alexa. She won't know. Well, I just said her name and she didn't respond anyway. So. She probably. She does. She switches off when we do the podcast. Apart from those moments where she just interjects some meaningless piece of information for no reason. Probably thinks it's more important. So, 86. So it's five years. It's not a great amount of time, is it? Uh, no. I mean, I could understand no. it if they were bringing it back and they thought maybe it's a whole new generation of people that probably might not know Knight Rider, so we can just do it with a new car and it won't make be that big a deal. Right. It's a strange, strange idea. There's more. Okay. But one sensible man says, even that car couldn't have saved the mayor's life. But Devon Miles points out that we will never know. Although, how would a car have saved the life of a mayor killed at the top of a restaurant in a tower? Well, it seems to have lots of inexplicable powers, doesn't it? So, <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it could be? Could have sprouted wings. Have yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Mulher yeah. looks uh, good in this, doesn't he? He looks better than he did the last time we saw him in the last season of 
actual Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah. If That's I remember true. when we, all those years ago that we did Knight Rider on our very first episode, I remember him doing a lot of leaning. Do you? He, he was doing a lot of leaning on, on the uh, set in the episode that we watched. Well, maybe he was just drunk. I think that's what, well, that was what I was going for, yes. <laughs> oh, was it? Ah, you're besmirching a, one of our Hollywood's idols, I see. He's one of your Hollywood idols. It's one of the, not mine, the. All right. I thought maybe you... You know, he's in all those, he's all those great films. He's in Von, uh, the only one that I know that he's in is, um, I remember him in Von Ryan's Express. Megaforce. Is he in Megaforce? Yeah. The movie that we'll never do. We we discussed it off. We yeah. discussed it off podcast. We're, ne- off we're never doing Megaforce. Yeah. <laughs> no, we not. have our reasons. <laughs> That's the, yeah. We do. Yeah. So this guy wants Mer Cotton's killer. Well, this guy, I should say, this is the new Mer that's taken over, and he wants the old Mer's killer found and punished. Mm-hmm. Maddox says that they have a base of operations and now vehicle that is an entire department on wheels. Communication center with worldwide links, the latest virtual reality display technology. Yeah, it it, it doesn't, and I'll talk about yeah. that when yes, it appears. I know we will, we will. And artificial intelligence superior to the commissioner and all of her cops put together. Oops, because the commissioner is right there. She says they don't need another law enforcement department. Maddox points out that New York, Chicago, and LA all have freelance law enforcement agencies. The commissioner tries to shut him down. We're not any of those cities. Oh no, Maddox continues. He walks to the window and looks at the tower the mayor was killed in. That tower is an antique now and so is your way of fighting crime. Yeah. The commissioner calls the foundation a philanthropic dinosaur. Until Devon brought Maddox on board. Devon protests saying that Mer Cotton had great respect for the foundation. And Maddox says he can't listen to the commissioner any longer. First you ban capital punishment, then you ban handguns from everybody, even your own police. It may work in other countries, but not here. It's goddamn liberals taking away our guns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) The the commissioner points out that they are not the first here to implement this, and it hasn't been given enough time to see if it works. This is a terrible scene, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. It's so clunky, isn't it? The, the actors clunky. are it's long. The, the actors are almost falling over the words of that clunky, aren't they? <laughs> and not a single sentence is not exposition. I'll give Edward Mulher his due though. He's, he breezes through it, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's the only one who's like yeah. seems capable of doing this. He's got the look of a man who knows it's shit, and he <laughs> and he's thinking about the yeah. money, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So Maddox continues with setting the backstory for this world. Criminals get buzzed with ultrasound, frozen, and then released 20 years later and victimize a new generation. How would that work, really? Like, if you're committed a crime, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you're going to be given 10 years in jail, but they're going to freeze you for 10 years, and then revive you, and then you're back out. What's that sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't age. Apparently, you don't age. Yeah, you don't age. You've not learned anything. No, you're not reformed. No, no you just go back and go, oh, I could kill some more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you've not even suffered because you're probably just dreaming away yeah. you, or it feels like you've just gone to sleep for the night or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it never made any sense to me. In, in Demolition Man, it didn't make any sense, did it? 
No, it's not a deterrent, no, is it? No. At the end of all this arguing, the new Mer gives the Foundation 30 days to complete the car and show them some results or the contract will be dropped. Devon protests. It needs more time. The Mer refuses and they leave. Maddox says they'll get through it, but Devon decides they need help. Ooh, who's he going to get, Paul? Ooh, I don't know. Who's he going to get? Call the A-team? Oh, I would. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> so we cut to a house next to some water. Michael Knight is on a boat. He docks it and carries fishing gear with him. He's living alone in a rural setting. You can tell this because he's got stubble on his face. That's People in TV who let go of their life, they, they only shave enough to leave a stubble. They're not, not a beard. <laughs> What it, what it should have done is, right, do you remember Oliver Reed in that Parkinson interview? <laughs> the famous one, that's yeah, what, infamous one. Yeah, yeah, that's what Michael Knight should have been, right? That's what, overweight, right? His shirt open to his belly, a completely mad beard, right? A jug of vodka and orange juice <laughs> staggering off this boat. And you remember in that interview, he sang Wild yeah. Thing. Yeah, Knight should have just staggered off his boat. He's going, I've been looking for freedom. I've been looking for so long. Just staggering up. Mind you, it'd be a bit close to home for uh, David Hasselhoff, wouldn't it? I mean... It would be a burger, I suppose, rather yeah, than vodka and one, one step away from eating a burger off the floor or something. <laughs> but it just made me laugh that he's like, oh, he's given up on life, but he's just got enough stubble. Just, just mm. like... Obviously spent a long time getting that right. And the cabin and the fishing as well. Don't forget that. That's another staple of wanting to get away from society and be alone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He walks up to his house past his old Chevy that he now has and sees Devon sitting on a bench. So he didn't see Devon arrive. Yeah, and there's nothing there that brought him either, is there, if you think about it? No, he just beamed, he beamed in. in. It's the future. You never know. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Devon tells him he needs Michael's help, or Michael tells him he's happy out there. Devon asks him to come back to the foundation just for 30 days until they cement the contract, and then if Michael wants to leave, he can. But our hero is still reluctant, but he agrees under one condition. He'll be waiting for us on arrival, says Devon. Is it me, or is the Hoff a bit off in this scene? The Hoff is off? The Hoff is off. He's a he's a hoff off. Is he? Off off. He, he, at times he looks like he looks a bit blank and a little bit like he's slurring his words. Is he drunk? No, he's a professional. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, no, no, no. It's just well, you know, he's just shocked to see Devon. That's why he, he was acting. Oh, he's part. emotional. Is what you're saying? Right. Yes. I yeah. Get it now. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah, per, it's a yeah. perfect. Uh, Performance, then, yes. Yeah, me. spot yeah, on. We cut to a warehouse. The camera pans over some crates. Apparently, these are parts of kit, although the steering wheel is completely wrong. Maybe in the years between the end of the show and this, before he got um, ripped up for spur parts, they changed the wheel. Oh, they changed it from one of those yokes into an actual steering yeah, yeah, wheel. Yeah. Which would have made more sense anyway. Mm. Well, I like the yolk. It's cool. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Maddox says they had to liquidize assets so they would have never got the franchise that included taking Kit apart. Maddox continues that because Kit was so old, it wasn't worth the cost of storage. Says a man 
standing in a giant empty warehouse that has a couple of crates of pets in it. <laughs> How would it be more expensive just to have left Kit together in that warehouse? Or, or if you are going to disassemble him and put him in crates, stick him in a shed. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't pay for a big, massive warehouse like this. Yeah. No. Nah. Mm, yeah. Dumb. Yeah, well, dumb. This is a bit like hearing that your friend of like years and years and years and, and possible podcast co-host has been dissected and sold off for medical research, isn't it, Colin? You'd be emotional, wouldn't uh, you? I, I didn't see any cheering. All right. <laughs> Only if I'd done the selling. Oh, but you had <laughs> <and> the dissecting. <laughs> <I> mean, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm again... Why am I getting um, flashes of um, the um, the Huey Lewis bit in American Psycho? <laughs> <laughs> I can picture you doing that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Devon wants Maddock to buy the pets back that he sold. Michael tells him not to bother and walks away. Devon loses his temper at Maddock, but he's un unrepentant. Finally, Devon tells him that while he's a controlling partner, Maddock will do as he says. We got to Miller, this is uh, McCormick's partner, mm -hmm. dropping her off at her house. McCormick reveals that she never handed the gun that Watts discarded to Forensic. Why, says Miller, which is quite reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, she's got no idea that any of these people are going to turn out to be dodgy. Right, right. She says it was a kind of hunch. <laughs> and you're like, oh, from what? The gun was a 9mm Weber. First of all, I'm pretty sure not handing in evidence is an offence. Yeah, yeah. Miller isn't freaked out that she didn't hand the gun in. He just says, doesn't mean it was a cop's gun. Bit defensive, but all right. Yeah. McCormick says they were supposed to have all been melted down, but Miller points out that there were a lot of them on the black market. McCormick tells him... It isn't the first one that's turned up recently. She hands the gun to him and asks him to run ballistics on it. Okay, so now I'm confused. I imagine ballistics is handled by, oh, let me think, forensics? Not Miller. Yeah. He's not doing it himself. Yeah, yeah. So why doesn't she hand it in? Why keep it if all she's going to do is now hand it in? Yeah, and, and, and she, she keeps it and gets her, all her own fingerprints all over it, then gives it to him. He gets his fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can't check for fingerprints now. No. She's, um, I'm not going to say it yet. No. <laughs> we'll get there. Miller says he'll do some quiet asking around and that she shouldn't say anything to anybody. How does that work? How does some quiet asking around get ballistics on the gun? And why are we even getting ballistics? To see if a cop used to own that gun? Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. It, it's almost like the writers know what, where they're going and just expect you to, to go along with it as well and not have to think about none of this making any sense. Susan Norman's performance, it's not exactly charismatic, is it? No, it's not. Mm. I mean, some of it's, I mean, I, I don't think it's entirely her fault. It's definitely the writing. Oh, it's definitely the writing as well. But she does kind of have that dead-eyed stir going on doesn't she and then they do something weird with a character later oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah did i screw up she asks no you did good says miller no 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 she screwed up yeah yeah hmm. 
Miller says goodnight and McCormick heads into a house. Suddenly, the lights go on. It's filled with people. It's a surprise birthday party. All of her colleagues are there. Miller kept it a secret. Ah. Oh. I mean, I'm assuming Miller has a key to a place because either that or they all broke in. <laughs> also, she has a lot of friends for somebody who's new been on the job for just a few months or something. Yeah, yeah I thought that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technically, though, they t a lot of them turn out to be not her friends, don't they? That's, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, are we supposed to be caring about all of this? You know, about, about McCormick um, and about, you know, her doubts and her fears? Because, quite frankly, I couldn't give a shit. No, yeah, me mm. neither, yeah. She then gives a speech. Oh, she doesn't have a family anymore. Oh. Not at least until she joined the PD. And the last few months have been great. I love you all, you guys. It's great. Yeah. Uh, actually, the faces of the people in the crowd look as bored as I am at this scene. I imagine some of them nudging each other and going, who is she? <laughs> I was struggling to remember, to be honest. Yeah. We cut to Michael sitting in the giant empty warehouse, soldering parts together. When did Michael become an electronics expert? I was going to say, he's, he's an engineer now, is he? Because I'm pretty sure in the original yeah. series, he didn't know about any of this stuff, did he? That was the whole point of Bonnie, no. wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. this would have been a perfect place to put Bonnie as well, to bring her into the... He'd gone to find Bonnie to help him to put Kit back together. Would have made some more sense. Yeah. Would. I actually have a a different idea of where she could have appeared and I'll bring that up. Oh, okay. But it's the same sort of thing as what you've mm -hmm. just said. And also, we only have 30 days. Is Michael planning to rebuild Kit himself in those 30 days? <laughs> Wouldn't you have a team of people at this point? Oh, could you imagine? We, we, get, we get a montage of him working, building. You never actually see the full thing. You just see little bits cut here and yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wiping sweat from his brow. The big day comes, the big reveal. He brings Devin in. Well, I've rebuilt Kit. There, there, there he is. We cut to it, and it's just a clown car that falls apart. The wheels fall. <laughs> There's a wheel on the, on the roof. <laughs> He's like, I may have made a few mistakes here or there. And you just hear Kit's voice from the inside saying, Kill me! Kill me! <laughs> like the fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, this is one of the... This show looks cheap. Oh, it's got that early 90s look about it, hasn't it? There was lots of shows yeah. like this, weren't there? Especially yeah. shows that got brought back from other things. They look so cheap. And this is one of those scenes where like, they, they were like, oh, we need a team of scientists to be building kit. And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, David's here. Yeah. He's fil filming a scene. We'll just get him to look like he's building kit. And then we don't need to pay anybody else. Would you be shocked if, if you, and I don't know if this is true, but would you be shocked if you found out that he did all these scenes in like a couple of days? Um, I, no, I wouldn't be shocked because I reckon he was probably filming Baywatch as well. Yeah, so they got they had him for a couple of days. They got all his stuff done, and then yeah. did the rest of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devon walks over and places a can of drink on the table. It's triglyceride free, but. <laughs> Again, who talks like this? Does he mean it's sugar-free? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's with the show? People don't talk like this. I know. I, I, and, and why is he telling him? If, if Knight, your best friend Michael Knight, 
drinks only sugar-free cans of pop, and you bring him a can, you're not going to announce the fact that it's sugar-free because that's what the guy drinks and you know that. That's right. Yep. It's like when I bring you a whiskey, I don't go, there's no water in this. It's just pure whiskey because I know that's what you drink. <laughs> that's why you're such a good friend, Colin. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Not, Michael, not that, not that you've ever bought me a whiskey, but all right. <clears throat> no, mm. no, 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 never. No. And I'll stick to that forever. I know, I know you will, Colin. <laughs> Good, trying to help you. You need to drink less. <laughs> trying to help me. Yeah. All right. See how that goes. Yeah, abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> Michael rips on Devon for hiring Maddock, but Devon says he had to do what he had to do to survive. Devon says the bureaucracy has stalled them for years and Maddock has helped them turn that around. Was Devon not paying attention to that meeting earlier where Maddock managed to piss everybody off? He wasn't listening. Come on, was he? Uh, No, I guess so. I guess so. You promised me Kit's body. Devon says yes, but he's been recycled. Wasn't... Kit's body made of special materials. Materials. How do you recycle that? What colour bin does that go in? <laughs> well, if it, if it, it'd be screwed if it was where I live, because as I pointed out in a previous podcast, we're not allowed bins. <laughs> so. No, just like carpets yeah. strewed across your front lawn. <laughs> Maybe they. I mean, it would have made more sense if they said that they'd recycled some of his uh, some of his body for the new car. That would have made more sense. Yeah. That would have made more sense, yeah. Yeah. But the voice of Kit chirps in from the pile of parts that Michael was working on. Now that's just wonderful. Is that you, Michael? You look like crap. Okay, so you were saying, is David Hasselhoff off in this episode? Don't you think Kit seems off too? I mean, I know he's been disassembled, but he has lines that he would never have said in the TV show. No, he's got a bit of a potty mouth, hasn't he? Yeah, and a, and a weird attitude. Yeah. I mean, I get I, maybe they get they're trying to to show that he's he's pissed that he's been disassembled. Well, it shouldn't be because you know he's a computer; he doesn't have emotions. Oh wait, oh wait, what's that that they've invented? We'll talk about yeah. that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to McCormick and Miller answering a robbery call at a shopping centre. McCormick locates a suspect who fires a gun at her. She calls it in. Shouldn't she also point out? That the suspect shot at her. Yes. You think in a place where guns are not allowed, that would be pertinent information for her colleagues? Yeah, you think the entire full force of the of the police department would would descend on that, wouldn't you? If there's like someone with a gun where there's not meant to be any guns. Yeah. Yeah. She chases the suspect, yells freeze, and shoots him with her ultrasound. He goes down. When she reaches him, she picks up the gun. It's another nine millimeter Weber. Where did you get this? She asks. Suddenly, a gun is placed against her neck. It's what? And he's got another 9mm Weber. For a place that has banned guns, there seems to be a lot of these 9mm Webbers around. There there seems to be, yes. Yeah, we're up to three so far. In in all fairness, that does factor into the plot. Such as it is. I suppose. Mm. What's on Amza? He reminds her that they met at the tower. The man on the floor gets up and removes a fake moustache. <gasps> it's Hedges. 
You should never have picked up that gun, McCormick. We can work it out, McCormick says. But what? Shoots her. That was a pretty good disguise. I, I didn't actually see through it, I have to say, until she got up. And oh, you didn't? You didn't recognise it was Hedges? No, not at all. It no. did get me there. Oh, mm. nice. Glad it got you there. Right, right there. there, yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut to the hospital and McCormick is in surgery. The mayor rushes in, completely destroying the sterile environment in the operating theatre. Yeah, and I, I, wait, he, he shot her in the head at close range and she's still alive? And, and she's still got a head? Yeah, there's... Yeah, with makeup on. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should say, actually, that's not the murder. It was the commissioner that rushed mm -hmm. in. I kept getting those mixed up in this episode. Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The commissioner wants them to do RNA, even though it's a risky procedure. Apparently, it's a way of figuring out who did this to her. They perform the operation, which involves a lot of spiky probes inserted into McCormick's head and optic nerves. I was waiting for 10 more minutes of that guy just moving that probe around. Back a bit, forward a bit, left a bit. Left a bit, yeah. up a bit, down a bit. <laughs> and then a crane comes in and gets a cuddly tie and drops it down a chute. <laughs> Never win on those things. Never. No, nope. yeah. fixed, yeah, that's yeah. why. Somehow we see her memories on a video screen, but it's, it's a mixture. Oddly, some of it's in third person, too. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Now, this is Robocop <laughs> yeah. again, isn't it? Yes, mm -hmm. it is, yeah. After the operation, the doctor tells the commissioner and other cops what happened. Fortunately for the villains, McCormick has lost her recent memory. That's convenient, yeah. It is. Yeah. But she will live if he could perform a fragmentary cerebral transplant but only if the commissioner gives permission. I was a bit confused as why the commissioner gets to give permission about this, but I guess it's because the police department's paying for it. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. The commissioner has to speak to the doctor alone. She refuses to give permission, even though McCormick will die without it. But good old Dr. Glassman ignores the commissioner and goes ahead with the transplant. He's a maverick. Is he? Maverick Glassman, yeah. Maverick Glassman. That's no, no, a good name, wasn't it? The, one of the things that, that I will give this movie credit for, there's very I know what you're going to say, is you know don't know say. who the real villain is. Yeah, because everybody's bloody unlikable. Mm -hmm. And when you do find out who the real villain is quite near the end, you're quite surprised because you didn't see that one coming, who it turns out to be. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I will give it that yeah, But that's... Mm, yeah, but the only reason you're surprised is because the character in question is hardly in the episode. <laughs> that is true, yes. I mean, it's not hard to surprise you if you like you watch an entire episode and then they go, and the villain is <laughs> Tweaky. <laughs> and like Tweaky's not been in the entire episode. That's true. And thinking about it now, now that you've said that, he is the only character that doesn't do anything that's vaguely suspicious through the whole episode. All the other ones that are trying to be throw you off and make you think maybe it's her maybe it's him maybe it's someone else they do do things that, that are suspicious but yeah. this one doesn't yeah right. you're right it's shit <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry i've just ruined the only positive yeah. thing you had to say you took so it away. Far. i had something good and you took it away from me yeah <laughs> thank you colin yeah. you're welcome we cut to what in a suit giving a speech to a bunch of cops about the right to bear arms miller is there i have to point out these people are banging on about only criminals having guns and how the law is wrong. Yet, the only crimes we've seen being committed so far have all been done by this group of cops. Mm -hmm. 
It's the only shootings, the only robberies are all done by them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's nobody else in this city. Well, apart from no. someone else that we'll see soon. But Yeah. Miller protests that this is not about self-protection anymore, that Miller shot one of their own at the tower and shot his partner. Hedges says she shouldn't have picked up the gun, so she did it to herself. Watts says they'll have to deal with her. But Miller reminds him that McCormick's memory is gone. She's out of the equation. But Watts says, well, we'll have to see. One of the cops asks about the new freelance department and that they could screw things up for them. Watts laughs. There's too much tension in this room. It's funny because there's none for the people watching. <laughs> this is true, yes. <laughs> Watts says, there'll be no problem. Trust me. Mitch Pileggi is quite a, a, a competent, solid actor. Okay? But what yes. the hell is yes. he doing in this? He's, he's pantomiming it up like anything. He's, he's just missing a moustache and a big black hat. You can only work with the lines you're given. I suppose. And you don't know what direction he's getting as well. Yeah. You're evil. You're evil. More yeah. evil. Give me more. Even more. more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is awful, though, oh. isn't it? I, I don't want your bedroom talk. <laughs> That's not my bedroom talk. Oh, he's gone green. He's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pretty bad. What my bedroom talk? We cut. As you know. Oh. Uh, oh, you mean the, the oh, performance? The, this, yes. the, this tapes. I thought. I'd... All right. I thought they were locked up. But okay. No. We cut to the Knight Foundation. Maddock is on the phone yelling at supplies when Devon walks in. He hands Maddock an inventory of evidence seized over the last two years, all related to handgun crimes. It's gone up since the mayor was shot. Devon suggests there's police involvement. How does he leap to this conclusion? <laughs> He's read the script. <laughs> That's ah, all right. He wants Michael to investigate. And we cut to Michael and Kit, who has now been placed inside the body of Michael's old Chevy. And he's road-tested Kit with Devon and Maddock. Kit makes a sound, and Michael says they've been scanning barcodes. Which confused me at first, until I realised license plates have been changed to barcodes. Yeah, I was thinking, barcodes, what? Put, put the item aside and wait for an assistant, please. <laughs> <laughs> Only one item at a time in the bagging area. <laughs> The blue coupe that's parked with its engine running is registered to Todd Mullen, a man wanted for drug trafficking and murder. I did notice that some of the cars going past didn't have those barcode license plates, though. Uh, older models. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that makes sense. Why is a man wanted for drug trafficking and murder driving a car registered to himself? <laughs> did you see the, the report that Kit brought up on the screen? I, 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 it went by so fast I didn't, I didn't see it then. Okay. It said like, name, Mullen, Todd, also known as the Barbarian. The Barber Todd the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. He, he gave himself that name, didn't he? Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Known to associate with members of several local gangs, including the Kahuenga Flashers. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what they get up to. <laughs> They're all in Grey Max. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> According to Kit, Mullen is at the cash machine, or, or it could be a cryogenic terminal. Be, <laughs> They're I mean, very similar. They repurposed them, don't they? So, you know. 
He's like, oh, I just wanted to draw some money, but I've just defrosted this guy. <laughs> guy comes out of the wall. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, oh, don't go in there, it's chilly. So uh, this guy is withdrawing $10,600. Kit disables the car and then somehow stuns Mullen. As Michael reaches out to turn Mullen around, he mumbles about phases being on stun. Turns out this is James Doohan playing James Doohan, as Maddock points out. It turns out that Maddock has inserted a bogus chip in Kit's memory bank. Doohan continues to mutter lines from Star Trek. For those with sensitive ears, I'm about to swear, what the fuck is going on? It's a very bizarre moment, isn't it? Yeah, what's the point of it? What? I get... (laughs) The reason is that there's a a chip missing in Kit and there's a bogus chip in place. Not, Not sure why it would cause Kit to mistake... Mm-hmm. and pull a wrong file but we'll ignore that one but why why James Doohan and why make him James Doohan why and then there's that weird like I, where Maddox goes oh this is James Doohan from Star Trek he played Scotty and then Michael's like I didn't know you were a Trekkie yeah doesn't he actually say he's the actor that plays Scotty in the original series and all 10 movies yeah that's right he does yeah <laughs> did he write that bit for him did James Doohan write that bit? This is what I want. This is how I want you to introduce me in in in, in the thing. Does he say ten movies? Yeah. How many Star Trek movies are there with Scotty? I suppose they didn't know that there was ten. They're, 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 maybe by that point in two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. There was yeah. would have been ten. Got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I just I have no idea what they were thinking. Do you think he he literally was just passing on the street that day? And they just. Well, why would he be? But it's in Texas. Why would he be? Does he live in Texas? I don't know, but maybe he does. Maybe he's just passing. And they said, "Oh, do you want to be in? Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be big budget Night Rider. Do you want a little part in it? You can play yourself. You don't have to put any in a costume or anything. He hasn't worked. Has he? he hasn't worked, has he? Since Star Trek, right. so you know. And I bet those weren't scripted. I bet they just they just said like say something from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we'll pay you, obviously. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah. It would have been funnier if it was someone like Shatner, though, wouldn't it? No, I know you're obsessed with Shatner and you'd have him in everything, but <laughs> it would have been funnier if it had been related to the original series of Knight Rider in some way. Go on, you've got an idea. I've got an idea. Your face, your, your little brain cell what like, if it exploded. Was, what if it was Hasselhoff playing Garth? Mm, that would have been a bit... You know, he's got the moustache. Yeah, that would have been... But then, yeah, it's not Mullen, but he's still a criminal. Mm. Yeah. Don't say it's Garth. He has. He does the Garth voice. He looks like Garth. He's got the moustache. Well, and have Michael go, you look strangely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than this. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is true, yeah. We cut to the commissioner's office. McCormick enters. She's annoyed because she knows the mayor tried to pull the plug on her and wants to be reassigned to her old unit so she can find out who shot her. The commissioner and McCormick argue, and McCormick quits. Then she goes for a job interview at the foundation, but Maddock tells them they are fully staffed, plus they don't take cops that have been fired. McCormick says if he'd done his homework, he would have discovered she quit, but she knows him. 
His illustrious former DA with a 95.4% conviction rate, never married, and dates blondes are a lot younger than him. There's a reason for this, isn't there? Yeah. I'm sure you're going to get She goes to on it. to list other facts about him. You've got a chip in your head, don't you, says Maddock. Memory chips are not uncommon these days, she replies. But Devon says, everything may work out fine. Mr. Maddock has one on his shoulder. The only decent line in this episode. <laughs> yeah, true. That is very true. <laughs> Maddock thinks she has an alternative agenda for wanting to work for them I want to nail the bastard that shot me point blank in the head that's my agenda what's yours it's kind of lucky that she walked in at that moment isn't it yeah Michael walks in and says he's located Kit's missing chip and that it's inside a policewoman's head Devon looks at McCormick Michael meet the missing chip so back at the warehouse Kit is trying to engage the kift K-I-F-T, 4,000 care in conversation. Eventually it talks and it sounds like Maddock. Kift doesn't want to talk to Kit. We cut back to Michael, who's talking to McCormick, and he asks her if she has much experience driving police units. She replies, your inference is that I'm inadequate, which I resent. Michael replies, no, no, just, just thought your knowledge might help us. McCormick continues her charm drive. Secondly, if you'd taken the time to look over my resume, hold on a second... He's just been introduced to her. How would he have time to read her resume? Is that chip in her head set to rude and annoying? It, um, it, I just couldn't help think that this wasn't written by the same people that write modern Star Trek, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why would the chip that's Kit's chip make her annoying? It doesn't make, didn't make Kit annoying or rude. No, I mean... If memory serves, in the first few episodes of season one, he's, their, their, their relationship's a bit abrasive with each other, but not to the extent where they're, they're really like this, yeah. you know, being rude to each other, yeah. you know. Yeah. She continues to be irritated, mocking his leaving the foundation to run an unprofitable bass charter. Hey, says Michael, I've known some fish with better personalities than you. McCormick has to drive the car. She, go, she continues to be rude to Michael and now to Kit, who, for some reason, is also rude to her. Everyone's just being rude to everyone. Yeah. They pull mm -hmm. out to the garage. Michael asks her to slow down, but she says that she's not driving. Kit's taken over. The car speeds along, and Michael thinks he's had a hair drive crash. However, after pulling to a stop in front of a garbage truck, it's revealed that Kit just lost his temper. Apparently, he has a feelings chip. Since when? Yeah. Well, I suppose that he's always he's always sounded like he's got emotions, hasn't he? No, I mean, I, there's actual episodes where it's talked about the fact that he has no emotions and doesn't understand jokes and things. That's that's mm. the reason. That's the reason he's abrasive to Michael in the beginning because he doesn't understand emotions. Do you, Do you think that they're mixing up having a personality and having emotions? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a feelings chip. It's like, what is he data now? <laughs> because yeah, we all know that worked well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And talking about the feelings chip, Michael says to McCormick, maybe you should get one of those. The cop car that was chasing them because they started speeding along pulls up behind them and it's McCormick's old partner because there's only two cops in the entire city. Obviously, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no, there's evil lady cop as well. There's three. Yeah, well, she's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the lady yeah, she's here. <laughs> <laughs> she's here. And uh, Hedge. Michael reminds McCormick that they need inside information, so she should uh, turn on the charm if she can. 
and she manages to drag some charm from somewhere. And when Miller comments on how hard those old cars are to drive, she asks him to give her some lessons, and he agrees. So then we cut to McCormick and her old partner Miller having coffee together. He says that he misses his old partner. McCormick reveals that she has little memory of him. She questions him about the handgun situation. Miller says, not much has been happening. Meanwhile, Michael and Kit are listening in on to the conversation. Miller says, oh, I don't want to talk sharp, you know. And Kit says his analyzer is detecting stress in Miller's voice. <laughs> he could do that. He always could, I think. Watt turns up and introduces himself. McCormick doesn't recognize him. He claims to be in the import and export business and shows her a gun-shaped cigarette lighter that he ships to Hong Kong. That's, that's a bit odd, isn't it? And the kind of thing that gets made in Hong Kong and shipped to everywhere else. I don't <laughs> think he's true. very good at this import-export business. <laughs> he's, he's almost as good at that as being a villain as he is in this. Yeah. Mm. Michael asks Kit to capture a voice print of Watts. McCormick leaves. Miller asks Watts if he's satisfied, as it's clear that McCormick doesn't remember him. But as McCormick walks away, she hears a bang that makes her remember events. The birthday party in third person. The gun pointed at her. But, but that's all. I, I thought the bang was going to be like a party balloon bursting or something, but there's no actual reason for it suddenly to happen. No, actually, that, that would make a lot of sense and be quite a clever way of, of, of transitioning, wouldn't it? Yeah, but there's nothing. No, no. Kit can't match the voice print. McCormick gets back into the car with Michael. She says she just remembered herself getting shot. In fact, she says she saw herself getting shot. How? <laughs> I suppose you could only, you couldn't see yourself. You could see what you saw looking out from your own eyes. Well, she couldn't, no. We're, oh, we're... no, she was facing the other way, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah. I forgot that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the future, Colin. Oh, all right. Remember that that one? It's the future. Yeah, yeah it's the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. She says there's something in her head and she just can't get it out. Maybe you won't have to, says Michael. Back at the hospital, the doctor that performed her surgery says that she has no recent memory and checks it with her computer. Uh, the, good old, the good old computer room scene. We don't get those anymore, do we? No, we don't. No. Mm -hmm. McCormick says he's lying. And, that, you know, the doctor's done quite well out of performing the surgery. Michael asks where the real disc of her memory is, not this blank one. And the doctor says he erased it and he doesn't trust anybody anymore and doesn't want to get involved. He won't even talk about what he saw. I'm going to talk about a show that didn't get far with Michael Knight and his talking car, but it's not the one that'll be remembered. Kit has been totally dismembered. Knight Rider was often a lot of fun, so they all returned in 91. Not everybody was finally seen, because Bonnie and April are missing off screen. There's a new lady who should be dead, but she's alive with a chip inside her head. Knight Rider 2000 only lasted one show, then they said it was a no-go. Michael's wishing he hadn't gone fishing. The plot is potty. There's a cameo for Scotty, Kit stored inside her shed, then becomes a shade of bright red. Nothing could keep this show afloat, even when Kit turns into a boat. So later, Michael and McCormick have been sat in Kit all night talking, but nothing is coming back to her memories. So they've been sat in a park, have they? This park, in a park all night. All night, yeah. Yeah. Just talking. Just talking, all night. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and at the end of it, she says, 
nothing's coming back to me. Mm. A waste of a night then, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. She's less than impressed that Michael is leaving as soon as the new car is completed. And Kit is pissed about this as well, telling Michael that he never should have brought him back. We brought each other back, Michael tells Kit. But McCormick accuses Michael of being on nobody's side but his own. Uh, excuse me, how is this all his fault all of a sudden? I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit rude, if you ask me. But... Yeah. Kit says that there is an extremely dangerous procedure that he could perform to help bring back her memory, which involves her connecting herself to him via his overdrive shift lever. Oh, yeah, pull the other we're, one, we're, mate. It... <laughs> <laughs> We've all heard that one, haven't but we, eh? All she does is hold the gear shift lever, as it's called, right? She doesn't, like, connect with it in any way whatsoever. Can you imagine if it was all just bullshit? And she's, she's caressing the lever and Kit's just going, Ooh, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, I, I'm not getting any memories back. No, no, you, you, you need to move it slightly. Just a little bit up and down. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> can, can we also point out that this is still the Chevy that Michael put together? Yes. So did, so did Michael build this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he did, did he? He did. Apparently so, yes. Oh. Hmm. He just leans out and says, you, you should see what you have to do with a cigarette lighter. <laughs> Apparently there is a 33.5% odds of brain damage. However, I'll take those odds. That's a good bottle of gin there, isn't it? Plus, that'd be uh, an improvement for you, wouldn't it? That's a higher number than what you currently are. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a 33.5 there's a chance of brain damage. Bloody hell, I've already had 70%. Why do you think I said I'd take it, Colin? Yeah. Michael isn't happy, but it's her choice, and he orders Kit not to do it. But Kit replies that he has to respect her wishes over his, and maybe for a long time to come. Well, at least, no, for, an, no, at least for another no, 40 no. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, for, somebody, for some computer that's so clever, how wrong you can be. So McCormick grips the shift lever and Kit begins the process, transmitting images to his computer screen. Okay, are, are we both deliberately avoiding referring it to as a gear knob that we would in the UK for obvious reasons? Yeah, for obvious reasons. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we see flashbacks of her and Michael talking, and then an image of her and him being romantic, which hasn't happened. Hmm. No, no. He raises an eyebrow at this as well. He does, yeah. The axe. <laughs> no, he's probably thinking, well, that's not happening. There's no way. <laughs> she's not a single mum for a start, is she? So, I mean, he's not that's interested. That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then we see a birthday party when she was a girl, and I presume it's her dad. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Which changes into her birthday party with her colleagues that we saw earlier. Mm. And the images get strange as she sees Watts telling her to relax. The female officer in the disguise. A gun. Boom. Officers and her partner standing over her. <laughs> Every bad guy in the episode is in that shot. <laughs> all leaning over, having a look. <laughs> what they should have done is like all the faces, right, peer over. And then a clown just looks over. <laughs> just a clown face peering at her. Because that, that's from her when she was a, a children's party. <laughs> so her memories are getting mixed up. B blowing her long balloon. 
she, she comes around and starts to cry. She knows now that they've all betrayed her. McCormick goes to the police HQ locker room, telling her ex-partner that she's left a few things and needs to pick them up. But they look at her suspiciously. Michael is pretending to work on Kit as a police officer pulls up to help, and he tells him that he's got a dead battery. The officer offers to give Michael a jump. <laughs> All right. And as he goes back to his car, Kit tells Michael that, I'll say this for the police, they're dependable. Unlike other people I know. Yeah, where's he get? Where's he get this attitude? What has Michael done up to this point? He's not done anything bad, has he? All he's done is trying to help these people. He even yeah, rebuilt been, Kit. <laughs> yeah, he's been dragged into this. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with him. Back at Police HQ, McCormick is hacking into a computer, and between what she is doing and Kit connected to the police cars, they try to start him. Kit downloads a database. Is that what was going yep, on here? Yep, yep, yep. Go with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it's not very well explained, is it, what they're doing? Why is she no, in that a, room? It doesn't she, really explain it. I don't know why she has to hack into a computer mm. so that Kit can access it, because Kit can pretty much access anything anyway. He can do anything, as we'll see oh, later. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, I have seen him do telepathy. <laughs> you know, and I've seen him move inanimate objects. So, card tricks? You know, card tricks? Card tricks. Yeah, he could do card tricks. I'm sure he could, yeah. Yeah. No hands. No, no, no Germans. McCormick leaves, but doesn't realise she's being watched. The policeman pokes his head into Kit and almost sees the downloading taking place on the monitor, but Michael quickly switches to the football game. The cop asks how the game is going, and when Kit replies, Michael quickly tells him that it's just a Kit from Radio Shack. Yeah, no, that's convincing. Also, like, even if the cop had seen like data being downloaded, would he have, how would he have known that that was from the police data bags and his personnel records? Does he know every copper? Yeah, and in the... not every copper in this is dodgy, are they? Right. And also, why is Kit displaying it on the screen? <laughs> we don't no, need to. I think that's for our benefit, so we can see what he's doing. Oh, right. Later, McCormick, Michael, Devon and Maddock are going through the downloaded files. All the people who were assigned the job of overseeing the melting down of handguns. Maddock suggests that perhaps the guns were switched. And he tells them that the overall person in charge of the operation was Commissioner Daniels. Oh, no. Could be, could be another one of those fish being flung at the screen there. You know, those red ones. Salmon? That's the one. Ah, okay. Then a secretary... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Ospel's a bit fishy to me. but Then a secretary no. brings in a file detailing McCormick's memory boost. Memory boost? <laughs> Oh, I like those. Chocolatey. Yes. They've got guano in them, haven't they? No, that not that batshit? That's yeah. guano, isn't it? <laughs> what, 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 what confectionery are you eating? Did you, did you spread COVID? <laughs> <laughs> eating backdropping chocolate sweets? Well, you know, with the cost of living crisis in this country, who knows what, what was going to be in them soon. Yeah, all right. Uh, and the boost contains a picture of Watts. The file of the boost. Yeah. 
Turns out he's an ex-army, ex-cop who worked under Daniels. Who worked on Daniels? Under Daniels. Oh, sorry. Not under her. Under her. Yeah, I know. I know, I got it. Maddock then tells them that the new 4000 car will be ready tomorrow, just ahead of deadline. But Devon incredulously tells him that Kit still has plenty to do and inquires as to an address for Watts. Mm -hmm. Back in the PD locker room, and the cop that gave Kit a jump, he's shouting his mouth off about his day. One of the evil cops is listening and goes to tell Watts, who is less than impressed that the police mainframe may have been compromised. Well, you would be. After some incredible overreact, oh, after some incredible overacting, the two evil cops suggest a solution. Did you notice? I meant to say this earlier. Did you notice that Watts's office seems to be in the foyer of a huge building? Yes. It's almost yeah. like they didn't want to give him an office and just plunked a desk down by the door. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is what we're all doing now in the year two thousand. We're all we're, it's, it's it's spacious. It's, it's the, the air comes through yeah. the door. It's all good for you. We're all doing it. Yeah, probably charging him a fortune for that space. I mean, let's let's fair us. He is, you know, a defrosted criminal. Not sure how he got all this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, we. Well, he's working with someone, isn't he? But... Ah, is he? Yes. <laughs> we cut to Maddox and Devon driving in the four hundred. Four hundred. No, that's the earlier model in the four thousand. <laughs> that's an old one. It's even older than Kit. Which has an even smarmier voice than Kit, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's Maddox on Vice, isn't it? Yeah, but more, even, but more sarcastic yeah. than Maddox on Vice. The 4000 engages his virtual reality mode. Yeah, not, not virtual reality. No, because it consists of what? Superimposing multicolored screens onto the windshield and turning everything green. Yeah, at best, I would say it's augmented reality. Do you think that's what they meant? But they did. They Possibly. Just, they didn't quite understand what it was that they were writing so <laughs> yeah whatever it is it's useless doesn't do anything does it no no just makes everything look purple later in the episode i think it does turn doesn't it turn into kind of like a, a playstation targeting thing <laughs> at one point that yes it does it. yeah yeah anyway they dodge a deer and arrive at their building i mean it, it's a thing but it's not interesting, so they dodge it. Well, no, the the only point of it is that the car would happily drive into the deer mm -hmm. because it works out that the deer can cause no damage to them. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Devon's, you know, their idea is that all life yeah. is sacred, so you shouldn't be going smashing into deers just mm -hmm. because it won't damage your paintwork. And that comes back into it in a bit, doesn't it, in a conversation that yeah. they have. Devon reluctantly tells Maddock that everything seems okay. And Maddock feeds in some lines about Kit being exceptional in his day, but it's time to hand on the baton. Yep. But, but Devon points out that the 4,000 lacks Kit's humanity. Ah, right, yeah. And Maddock replies that he's lost faith in humanity. You can relate, can't you? I think I can, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. That was dark, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Devon tells Maddox that he's proud to have him as a partner. And he gets out. Maddox leaves, but as Devon walks away, the evil female cop hits him over the head. Michael and McCormick find out that Watts was an ex-con who got paroled for good behaviour. And as they leave the prison, Kit tells them that his senses show that they have company. Ooh. Suddenly a bunch of cop cars show up and they chase Kit. Oh, oh, finally, an hour into the show, we get a car chase in a show 
about a car. You say a car chase. It's not much of one. Oh, it? yeah, it's, it's rubbish. Mm. None of Kit's gadgets can help, conveniently. Mm. And to escape, he drives straight off the end of the dock and he sinks. Yeah, drowning, everybody. End of the show. <laughs> end of the show. Unfortunately <laughs> not, Colin. Right, well, why is that, Paul? As they sink, Kit tells them that they are airtight and suddenly he starts to short circuit, telling them that this is it for them. He says that they are welcome to salvage as many of his chips as they can and he tells Michael to take care of himself. And as they hit the bottom of the river, Kit dies. Uh, wait, wait, this, this 1950s Chevy is airtight. That's a point, actually. So, Oh, I've got more. If it's airtight, how do you breathe inside it? That is true, yes. That is true. Because your air is going to run out. No, even if you're not at the bottom of the water, if it's airtight, you can't breathe in it because your air is going to run out wherever you drive. You, you know, can we take the Chevy? Well, we can only take it short journeys because I've only got 20 minutes worth of air inside because it's airtight. <laughs> that is true. So is it airtight, airtight when it's, so is it airtight when it's even driving on land? Well, it's got to be. It can't suddenly go airtight because it's got in water. Okay. Now, the only other precedent right. for this would be would be the car in The Spy Who Loved Me, but I would imagine that that, because it turns into an actual submarine, has got air tanks in it. Yes. For breathe, so you can breathe underwater. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that that, that has its own problems because then he, he pulls a fish out of his suit. I mean, how did the fish get inside the car if there's no water? You know, so so, so let's, <laughs> no. not go to, let's not go to that for it, our it's a science. Good guy, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the other thing that I thought, just thought now, is that, if this is a, if it is airtight, regardless of whether it, it, it's stupid or not, who made it airtight? Yeah. Because Michael didn't know it was airtight. So did Kit make it airtight? No. In which case, how did he make no. it airtight? Yeah, no, it, it can't. Also, if it's airtight, how did they get out? Because you can't open the door because the pressure outside is greater than the pressure inside the car. I suppose you could wind the window down, let the water in, because that will equalize mm -hmm. the pressure, and then you could open a door. Do, you, do but, you think it's just... I mean, there's been a lot of this so far in, in this movie, of people writing stuff that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Kit's dead. Oh. Meanwhile, Devon is being rushed into the emergency room. Dr. Glassman questions what's going on, but Watts shows up, and he orders Devon's memories to be read. And we get a highlight reel yeah. of the old show together with the first half of this movie again. Yeah, and can I also point out that Dr. Glassman doesn't say, hold on, you're wheeling him into the operating theatre, he's still wearing his suit and got his shoes on. That's true, he does, <laughs> yes. He does, yes. Because he has. There's no prepping for, for uh, surgery or anything. No, no. <laughs> no, nothing. It's the future. No. It's a sterilised, no. they've got a sterilised, sterilising kind of um, beam thing that's in the room. Bubble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, yes. like, like an airtight room. Is it, is it made from a Chevy? Yeah. They've, they've got to get it done in 20 minutes or under, otherwise they're all dead. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Watts is satisfied that Devon knew nothing <laughs> and proceeds to inject poison into his drip. He actually says to Hedges, oh, Devon will just be another victim of a senseless shooting. Except... Devon wasn't shot. He was whacked on the head and then he's now being like ejected with stuff. At no point is there any gunshots. Now, this is true. And to the point where when I got to this scene and I was doing my notes, 
I rewound the to back to the previous scene just in case <laughs> I'd missed and maybe oh, did she shoot him? Maybe she shot him and I missed it because I could have sworn right, she right. hit him on the head. Well, no, no, she did yeah. hit him on the head. Yes. Yeah. It's just a victim of another senseless shooting. Stop it, shot. What? <laughs> because when he said it, I thought he was going to pull a gun out and just shoot him. Yeah, so did I. We at least would have made sense. It would have been dumb, but at least it would have made sense. Yeah, yeah. So the writers don't even remember what they wrote in the previous scene, do they? No, apparently not. But as he drifts away, we see more flashbacks to the original series. And he's dead. Yep. So we've killed Kit, we've killed Devon. Yep. Probably a good thing Bonnie didn't show up, really, isn't it? Yeah, probably. She wouldn't have survived. Cut to Devon's funeral. Wasting our time, then. Uh, Let's just bury him. Yeah, also, this is where Bonnie should have turned up. Yes. She should have been at the funeral. There would have been no time, though, because they, they speed straight through. He does not even get a funeral, does he? No, he doesn't, but, you know... Michael stood outside the church and then Bonnie should have walked over and, and he should have been like, oh, you know, they should have greeted each other like, and talked about it. it. It should have been more of a moment. I mean, it, yeah. Kit dying should have been more of a moment, but but Devon as even more so, I think, because he was such a big yeah. part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Mer Abbey offers his condolences to Maddox and tells him that he's decided to halt his funding. The man has the tact of, well, me. He does, yeah. yeah. Mad Maddox tells him he's close to uncovering all the dodgy stuff with the illegal handguns. He doesn't quite put it like that, but I'm paraphrasing. Good. And all the corruption in the force. But the Merce says that insinuation isn't enough. No. Michael has been quietly watching this from afar. Later at the warehouse, Maddox and McCormick have had Kit brought here from the bottom of the river. And we know he's from the bottom of the river because he's got seaweed on him. <laughs> yeah, that was the dark fish mm -hmm. comes out. Mm. But he said this was her type. <laughs> he tells her that Devon's death won't stand, and she agrees. Michael enters, and he tells them that he's out. He's not, he's in. But he's going out in a minute. He's out. He's out. Oh, right. Yeah. He and Shake it all about. Shake it all about. He and Maddock argue, and Michael punches him out. So he's out. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's out. Later, Michael is moping at his place when McCormick shows up, telling him that Kit isn't a total write-off and that between the two of them, they could salvage something. She Again, this should have been Bonnie. After the funeral, should have been Bonnie coming to his place to talk him into going back to fulfilling yep. Devon's wishes. Yep. Could have got April. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plethora of... Um, Characters that they could have used. Yeah. But no, we're stuck with McCormick. And um, she apologises for Maddock, saying that he can be a jerk, but he means well. And she even admits that in some ways, Michael is superior to her. But that chafed. Yeah. Yeah. And while she's saying this, Michael is doing his best brooding 1,000 yard stir into the horizon. Yeah, I've seen that stir. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Michael is still reluctant, and he breaks down, telling her how much he cared about Devon, believing that he somehow got Devon killed. Not sure how he thinks that or what. No, but, right. no, makes no sense. He was wrong. One man can't make a difference, he tells her. 
thought that was a nice, that was a nice line. Yeah, it's all right. She accuses Michael of being burnt out and reminds him what Devon might have done if, if Michael had died instead before walking away and leaving him to it. And it's a week later, mm. and Michael still hasn't shown his face. But Maddox notices that the feed showing Kit in the garage must be a recording, as there's no damage to it. Ooh. He and McCormick go down there and find Michael working on the 4,000, dressed in a fetching white vest as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working on this futuristic scientific... Uh, again... There should have been Bonnie. Yeah. There should have been where Bonnie Kern turns up at the funeral. She's the one that talks Michael into coming back. And then she's the one that transfers Kit into the new 4,000. And then that, yeah. yeah, and that's it for Bonnie, but for this episode. But it's still good. Mm. It should have been, that's what they should have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Would have worked. Would have been the only interesting bit in it. Yeah. But it turns out that Michael has installed Kit into the body of the 4,000. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a genius, this guy, I isn't know. he? I don't know why. Why didn't the foundation employ him as a science guy? Instead of just a driver? In all fairness, maybe you spent the last five years boning up on all this kind of stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> interesting <laughs> phraseology, yeah. though. Um, well, so so he leaves the foundation <laughs> and he spends his time in the r rural mountains of God knows where reading schematics about Kit. About stuff that doesn't matter anymore because he's left it all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who knows? All right. Yeah. And from now on, oh, we, I, I should say that Maddox is less than impressed that Michael's done this. Yeah. Yeah, because he's ruined his voice. Yeah. It's no longer his voice. Uh, and from now on, I'm going to refer to the 4,000 as Kit, because he is Kit now. Oh, not Kift. No, he's Kit, isn't he? Okay. Yeah. Michael and McCormick climb inside and they zoom away. Later, they're parked, surveilling a warehouse. And Michael admits that what she said got to him. A police car pulls into the warehouse. It's evil lady cop and Miller. He wants out, but she tells him that that would be a death sentence. Inside Kit, McCormick calls the warehouse and speaks to Miller using Watt's voice and arranges a meet and drop of the crates of the guns. So it's Kit doing a voice changing thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's done that before. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, actually. Yeah. Miller leaves just as the real Watts calls the warehouse and figures out the plan. It was unlucky, wasn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. lucky if you want. Yeah. McCormick meets Miller at a bar and admits it was her that called. He's shocked that she's still alive because as far as he's concerned, she drowned. Yeah. Uh, that was logical thinking. Yeah. yeah. And she tries to persuade him to help her. Michael is inside Kit listening. When Kit tells him that he's detecting a laser scope rifle being aimed, Michael rushes out. Miller is spilling his guts. Well, no, he hasn't been shot in the <laughs> no, stomach. No, just, you know, he's telling McCormick everything he knows. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. When the gunman shoots him in the head. It's a lot of headshots. Oh, spilling, it, spilling his brain now. Spilling his brain. So later, Commissioner Daniels is telling the Murr about Miller's death and the crates of guns found in his car. She thinks that he was a lone bad cop and the situation is now under control. McCormick and Michael get a copy of Watts' fake release order, but there's no way to tie it into anyone. But Michael has an idea. Now, you might have to help me with this, because I didn't quite understand what was going no, on here. No, no, there's no, there's no help coming from me on this whatsoever. Go he on. He asks Kit to run a few more copies of the release order off, because he's got a plan. 
Yes. So he sends a copy to Commissioner Daniels. Yeah. And meanwhile, Watson and the Murr are in a car, driving to a rundown warehouse, and they also have a copy of the release order. Right. And the Murr is getting worried that people are onto the fact that he ordered Watts' release. So the Murr has been the dodgy one all this time. Now, that was a shock to me. I didn't expect that. But No, didn't see it coming. But as you pointed no, out earlier. But we've discussed why. Shit. So yeah. what's the thing with the release order then? Why is that getting everybody doesn't, worked up? Doesn't he, doesn't he like cross out the name of the Murr and then put the commissioner's name in or something? I still don't understand what the point of it no, is. I, I didn't get it either. No. Must be too clever for us, Paul. It must be. It must be. If anyone does get it, don't bother letting us know because <laughs> once this podcast is over, we will not think of Night Rider 2000 ever again. Trust no. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Watts tells him it's only a bluff. It's nothing to worry about. Yeah. But as they drive and talk, Kit is following on a parallel road. He is. You're right. And he's recording. Remember this. Now, I just thought he was recording the audio. Oh, no. That would be... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But he's recording the entire conversation as the whole plan spills out. But what sees Kit drive away. Oh, so he knows he's been listened to. Now, Maddox goes to play a recording of the conversation to Commissioner Daniels. And what a recording it is that Kit's made. It's it's dynamite. The, the camera is in the car with them, like on the floor, pointed up at them. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's not just audio. It's it's visual, visual as well. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Sarah, as well. But in that weird kind of predator. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a special camera. It must be special. Yeah. It can go around corners and up through the floor of the car and everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Yeah, I think they call it Bollocks Cam. Bollocks Cam. I'm getting one of them installed next week, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A Bollocks Cam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Trust me, you wear it for a while, it makes you a little angry. You get a little testy. <laughs> so, um... So Watts is supervising the unloading of the guns while Maddox, the commissioner, and a task force that they put together are waiting to pounce. All right. She tells Maddox in no uncertain terms that she's in charge. Are you sure the rise of Star Trek, modern Star Trek, didn't <laughs> we? Oh, she started crying, actually. Yeah, no, no one's crying or yeah. hugged each other. That's true, that's true. We also see that McCormick and Michael are nearby with Kit. The truck with the guns leaves, and everyone gets ready. But at that moment, Kit informs them that some of his circuitry is incompatible with the 4000, and that they may have to rely on some human judgment. Why is he only coming up with this now? (laughs) When you worked that out when you turned on the car and he did a self-diagnostic and went, oh, something's not right. I won't tell him. I'll tell him him when it's, you know, important. (laughs) Maybe he's embarrassed, you know. Do you, do you remember, we're falling through the sky. Do you remember that parachute? Well. <laughs> Tuesday. Does it doesn't work? Doesn't work as well. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's got a, you know, it's like, you know, if you had a bit of you that didn't work.
work properly, you wouldn't want to tell people, would you? Well, I guess not. No, he's embarrassed. Hmm. Unless you want to share with me and the podcast listeners. No, no. No. Do we get nothing off your chest, Colin? No, no. Two people don't need to know anything. (laughs) Two? One is. Including you. Oh, and And our listener. The task force chased the truck. The truck opens and fires a rocket, blowing up one of the pursuing cars. Now, this is straight out of Robocop as well, isn't it? Yeah. The chase continues, and the commissioner orders Kit into action. Kit switches to virtual reality mode again, and mm. somehow blows out the truck's tires. Yes. He then stuns the men with his sonic disabler. Yeah. And that's where we get the, the weird PlayStation targeting thing on the windshield. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> true, yeah. It's shit, isn't it? It looks oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, the whole idea, the look of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did stuff like this in the original series, but they didn't over-egg it like they do on this. No, and it was always kind of funny in the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a, it was eye-rolling rather than, oh my God, this is yeah. rubbish. But it turns out that Watts has pulled a fast one. There's no guns in the truck. Ooh. But then Kit scans another convoy heading out. Containing the guns, and McCormick and Michael and Kit give chase. <laughs> so, if he can, he scans this other convoy and says the yeah. guns are in that one. Couldn't he scan the truck and realise that there were no guns in that truck? Yeah, you'd think so. Maybe he just didn't think of it. But it's morning rush hour. How will they get through the traffic? Well, I assume you will. He will hit turbo boost and he'll leap over him like we've seen in Night Rider and it'll give us a nice draw back to the original series. Oh, Colin, that's so 1980s. Get uh, with the program. It's the future. Right. Uh, it flies? Well, not that far into the future. You know, oh, okay. All right. think, think, think this budget, whatever this budget Ah, uh, all right. A bicycle comes out. <laughs> In fact, that would be more interesting. No, no, no. Uh, Kit can drive on water now. What? Really? He can Gosh. drive on water. He doesn't even turn into a boat. He literally is no, driving no. on top of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does yeah. that work then? Oh, well... Ah, runs on bullshit. Ah, that new modern future fuel. Bullshit. Yes, yes, ah. one of those eco fuels. Yeah, ah, there we go. Right. Makes complete sense now. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's push push on to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're nearly there. They use the river to head off the convoy. Yeah. Watts arrives at the meeting place, which appears to be a shopping mall, and he orders the convoy to wait outside while he and Evil Lady Cop and another goon go in. Yeah. But just as they do, Maddox and his squad block the convoy in the street. Inside, Watts meets his contact and the funds are being transferred. McCormick and Michael get there and he goes to take out another of Watts' goons while she heads for Lady Evil Cop, Evil Lady Cop, her. Yeah, hedges. That's it. But the goon sees her and shoots her in the shoulder. (laughs) It's not a great plan, Michael, is it? (laughs) Not really, no. Oh, well, he didn't get shot, so for him it's a great That's plan. That's true. Yeah, decoy. Yeah. 
there's always a, there's always there's always another single mother out there, isn't there? You know, not that. The contact <laughs> gets cold feet say, and runs. Say a new catchphrase. There's always another single mother out there. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to catch on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it will. It might not even make it into the podcast. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Michael takes out the goon, and he and McCormick chase Watts and the evil lady cop. McCormick gets the drop on her by throwing on a wig and punching her out. I don't know why that amuses me. It did at the time. Did it? Oh, it just right. comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? That she's got this wig yeah. on and just punches her. And then she gives the wig back to the woman that she took it off. Yeah. Anyway, she picks up the cop's real weapon. So she's got a real gun. Watts takes a hostage. And he orders Michael back, 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 he says. But Michael uses his comlink to Kit, who guides his aim, allowing him yeah. to use his stun gun on Watts' arm. So Kit's kind of going left a bit, up a bit, down a bit, right? No, down not that far. How is yeah. he seeing what? Well, I suppose he's got these scanners that can see everything, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Why are you asking this question, stupid silly question, boy? Stupid question. Yeah. So he disarms Watts and they have a fight. And it would be an okay fight if it wasn't for the elevator music being played all over it. It, it yeah. just sucks the energy out of it, doesn't it? Do you mean it's not an exciting kung fu fight scene? There's nothing wrong with the fight scene. It's the music over the top of it. It's so yeah. It's so lackadaisical, the way that it's presented. It's just There's no urgency to any of it at all. <laughs> well, maybe that was the music that's playing in the shopping mall. Yeah, I <laughs> hope I hope that's what they were going for. Not that they thought yeah. this was going to add tension. Let's use this Yan Hammer music. You know, They're like no, let's just use the natural surroundings of the building. And how did Yan Hammer come up with such drivel? When like we know what he can do, we're big Miami Vice mm. fans, and and his score for yeah. Miami Vice is fantastic at times, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's no Crockett's theme. Do you think he just knocked this out in an hour? That'll do. Well, I don't know. He's, he's proud enough to put it on his album. I suppose. Although we've never heard the, the version on the album. I wouldn't, I'd be interested to see to hear whether it's different in any way. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. It's longer. I'm sure it's probably about 25 minutes longer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Watts gets the better of Michael, and he aims a gun at his head. But McCormick appears and aims her weapon. Watts drops his gun... And for a moment, it seems that she might actually kill him in cold blood. But Michael gives yeah. her the it's not worth it speech, and she lowers the weapon. But Watts pulls out another gun, and Michael stuns him, and he falls back over a ledge to his death. Ah, uh, not Michael. No, the, the Watts. Yeah, yeah well, okay. Later, the murder is being put into cryostasis as punishment. And apparently it's the same draw that Watts was in. <laughs> That's funny. No, nice. Yeah, yeah. Commissioner Daniels warns Maddox to play by her rules in the future. So this is setting up what was going to be the series, wasn't it? She's going to be his boss. Yeah, it is. And he's going to be working with McCormick. Like, yeah. Yeah. So outside, Michael and McCormick are talking. She asks if he's really going to leave her to work alone with Kit. I mean, he's pig-headed, chauvinistic. But Michael quips that <laughs> the two of them are made for each other. Yep. I've <laughs> <laughs> got nothing to add to Neither that. Have I. They say their goodbyes and Michael tells them there'll be no more wallowing in self-pity for him. 
And as Maddox and McCormick argue about who's driving Kit, Kit does a wheel spin and tells them that he doesn't have all day. And that's the end of Knight Rider 2000. All right. Wow. Well, you've kept it pretty close to your chest, Pa. I know. So what you. do you think of Knight Rider 2000? This is a reboot that completely misses the point of what Knight Rider was all about. <laughs> Boom! Well, Drop the mic. The, the, the very fact that you, the, the fact that you have to wait an hour before there's actually any like car action. Oh, it's terrible. The the interplay between Michael Kit and Devon, some kick-ass driving, a few stunts and storylines that don't involve much more than Michael helping people in distress. That's all you needed in a Knight Rider show. Yeah. Yep. Futuristic setting, and this was utterly pointless and stupid. Yeah. And removing such an iconic vehicle as the Trans Am from Knight Rider is like having it's like having the 18 Rider own a Ford Focus, isn't it? And no truck. And no truck. I never thought about the truck. Yeah, yeah there's no truck, is there? I suppose you have, you've right. got a shit car. You don't need a truck, do you? That's true. And also, you're not filming in any other locations other than Texas. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> In fact, I guess the show was meant to actually be set entirely in this city because yeah, because she it wasn't yeah he's not she's not going out in, in you know on missions for for anybody she's just going to be fighting yeah. crime in that city isn't she right yeah which I suppose as a from a budgetary standpoint makes more sense for a TV show back in ninety one when probably they were all cheap all those kind of things weren't they but yeah doesn't make it an interesting show yeah. The acting no. ranges from woeful to terrible to god-awful in places. Yeah. There's no charisma from the so-called new leading character at all. No. The action was dull, made even duller by that terrible music that we talked about. And there's only two action scenes in the entire pilot. There is. And oddly as well, this felt more dated than the actual TV series itself. Ah, interesting, right. And I think that a lot of that's down to the way that TV had changed at that point in the early 90s. In fact, I think a lot of the early 90s yeah. stuff is worse. It, it got worse, I think. But the futuristic setting made it seem more dated. Gotcha, yeah. I can see why it wasn't picked up. <laughs> so it's a, it's a hard, hard miss for me. It's, it's, it's terrible. Probably one of the worst things I wow. think that I've sat through for the podcast. Gosh, yeah. Hmm. And I've sat through something. I've sat through Howard the Duck. Oh, look at his face! Oh, now you've crossed the line, Paul. <laughs> you've crossed the line now, Paul. You're finished. You're done. <laughs> so go on, tell me how much you loved it. Well, yeah, I think it's one of the best things we've seen in a long time. <laughs> No, it's it's poorly written. I mean, as if the writer's never had a life, doesn't know how technology works, how hospitals work, how the police work, how people speak. It looks cheap, like we've discussed many times, and I guess that's why it's filmed in Texas. There's no action scenes, other than a couple, and even those are not worth talking about. Kate doesn't turn up until an hour into it. The new lead actor, well, she's uninteresting and when she's not uninteresting she's irritating 
Kit seems Kit Kit's is is off. There's something wrong. Why is he angry? I mean, he's angry because he looks like mm. crap. I mean, even I, even like the dashboard looks cheaper in this than it did in the original series. Yeah, the, the, even the 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 kit little square thing it doesn't fit together properly. The, it's slightly askew no. the top and the bottom part of it, isn't it? It's like somebody right-handed used left-handed scissors to cut it out. <laughs> and Night Rider was never a perfect show. Obviously, it, I mean, it had a lot of duff episodes, but one thing it never was was boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm currently working my way through Night Rider. Um, only four and a half years after we, I said I was going to start watching it when we originally did the first series. But, okay, <laughs> and I think I said to you off air that that. The first half of season one it took me a while to to get into it, but once I got yeah. past that point, I, I've really I've really come come around, and I, it's 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 just a fun show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The music doesn't seem to suit an action-packed TV show about a futuristic care, so it's perfect for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awful. <laughs> I, I see. Yeah. I see what you did there, Colin. Yeah, I see yeah. What you did. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a travesty, and I'm glad it was never made into a series. So am I. So am I. Yeah. So for me, this is a miss. We should say as well that there was a lot more Night Rider to come after this, wasn't there? Yeah. Isn't there? There's Night Rider. What's the other one? There's there's one that's set in a, a kind of like a post-apocalyptic Mad Max type universe that doesn't have anything to do with Knight Rider at all. They just stuck the name Knight Rider on it. Shite Rider. Shite Rider. And then I think there's a series called Team, Team Knight, Knight Rider. Team Rider, yeah. And then we got the rebooted, well, the re, it, it was a continuation and kind of a reboot. I think it was in 2008, 2009, which, right. which did have a, a, a I think, David Hasselhoff says he is in the pilot, but it completely forgets that Knight Rider 2000 happened. It's... Uh, okay. And, and that wasn't great either. So we've got all those to look forward to. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't do the 2008 show because it's past our remit. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh. But the other two aren't. So. Oh, yeah. good stuff. Maybe in another four years. Yeah. Well, yeah, leave it for then. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for Knight Rider 2000. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our current patron supporters. And from me, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>